With so many stresses in our life, it is hardly surprising that many of us find comfort in food and struggle with emotional eating. I feel that the media has a lot to answer for, with the typical images of women they portray. Any time I glance over at a magazine whilst shopping, they're full of images of beautiful and gorgeous women. Many of the women I speak with suffer because they feel they just don't measure up. As a new mum, this can be highly challenging as you adapt to life with your baby and the changes to your body during and after your pregnancy. I'm delighted to be speaking with Gillian Lama in this week's episode. Gillian is a certified life and weight loss coach and she teaches women how to end emotional eating and lose excess weight eating foods they love. Let's get started. I'm Helen Thompson and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm a childcare educator and baby massage instructor. I know that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby, check out my baby massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro let's do this together this podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues Hi Gillian, it's lovely to have you on First Time Mums Chat. I've been excited about this because we're talking about a completely different approach to nutrition with mums. Thank you so much for having me, Helen. So I am a life and weight loss coach. I help women end emotional eating and lose excess weight eating the foods that they love. And so it's really important that we end the war with food. That's one of my big kind of sticking points is that we have to stop calling food good or bad, toxic, poisonous, even the foods that maybe we want to be eating less of, or we just kind of steering away from to be labeling food as good or bad often ends up with us labeling ourselves as now Mm -hmm. I am good or bad based off of what I eat. And it just creates a lot of shame. Often we throw on the towel and we think, well, screw it. I've already been bad today eating this chocolate chip cookie. I might as well eat some more. Who cares now? I've already ruined my diet. And so we have a lot of this all or nothing thinking that can really wreak havoc on the way that we think about food, the way that we think about ourselves and create more problems than are necessary, especially as a new mom going through this postpartum phase, getting used to life with a baby and your body in a different shape and just really learning how to be nicer to ourselves. So a lot of what I do is around self-love, self-talk and really changing the way that we think about things like food exercise, water, our body, nutrition, that sort of thing. Yeah, because I know so many mums, when they've given birth, they worry that they're fat and they compare themselves to other people. And I guess that's where emotional disorders come in because they think, oh, well, 
my friend down the street taken off so much weight after her baby and I'm still really plump. Yeah. And often they start before that. So even in terms of, well, I'm thin, so I can eat whatever I want. We have these thoughts that we learn and we pick up Mm -hmm. as kids or I'm chubby or I'm overweight. And so I shouldn't be eating this. I should be eating that. A lot of what we should and shouldn't do. And then a lot of us, especially here in the US, I hear the excuse of like, oh, baby wants a cupcake. Baby wants donuts. And if we use this excuse of like, baby wants these foods and these treats, and it's kind of like, well, I'm going to gain weight anyways. So who cares? I'll just eat whatever I want. And so if you're used to having restricted in the past, you might also see pregnancy as a time where, you can relax and eat whatever you want. And then now it's, oh, well, now I've got to lose weight. Now we have to restrict. Now we have to cut out entire food groups. And whether it's, I have to cut out all processed foods or all fat or all carbs or sugar, we go to these big extremes rather than looking at the small, simple things that we need to start to change. And so everybody's story is going to be a little bit different. Everyone's going to have different kind of factor as to what really creates this. But really what I see as emotional eating is anytime we're reaching for food and we're not truly hungry. And so a lot of times I've heard um, suggestions from in, in the, especially the postpartum phase from doulas and well-meaning nurses and doctors to say, well, eat whenever the baby eats. And like, while that's not a bad rule of thumb, and we want to make sure that we are still nourishing our bodies, we also don't need to eat just because the baby is eating. Like if the baby's eating at 2 a.m. and you're not hungry, you don't need to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I see emotional eating as anytime we are eating for needs and desires that are outside of physical hunger. And that could be because we enjoy the food, because it tastes so good, because life well, been bad, especially around the holidays. It's things like I only get this food once a year, I don't want to <clears> miss out. It's the holidays. We have a lot of different thoughts depending on time of year, what situation we're in, who we're around. It could be that it's free. Somebody else is paying for it. You better get your money's worth. Mm. We just have a lot of thoughts around food and what it means to waste it or to use it properly or what's good. So that's really what I help women tune into and start to identify and release some of the stories that actually make it harder to lose weight. And that's the thing is we think that these might help us, but in reality, they just cripple us and they make it harder to release the weight in a way that feels good and natural for your body. Would I be right in saying you mentioned just now babies need a donut or babies need this or babies need that. When you're pregnant, certain moms have cravings for things. Do you think they have cravings because they're emotionally wanting to think, oh, my baby needs that or my baby doesn't? Or do you you think that the cravings are a more natural approach to... Yeah. So I see cravings from two perspectives. So one being the kind of emotional justification of, Mm -hmm. I really want this cupcake. I can justify eating the cupcake because I'm pregnant and I I get to eat whatever I want now. And so now, oh, it's not me. It's the baby that wants it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of this playful way of trying to just excuse and justify again, eating the food when really it's like, oh, if I want a cupcake, I need to just own and be okay with eating the cupcake. The problem is that we have decided that that's bad and that's a bad thing. And especially if you're trying to lose weight or you want to lose weight, well, you absolutely should not be eating cupcake. Of course, that's crazy talk. When in all reality, it just sets you up to overeat or overindulge. And so what I teach is that, well, we need to allow some of these foods. If you really like cupcakes, let's plan it and let's eat it intentionally. And if you want to eat a cupcake every day, every other day, do it. Let's start to eat it instead of behind our own back and trying to justify it, actually be intentional with it and then get to the point where you might be thinking, okay, well, maybe I could eat one every other week or every other day. 
And then maybe you start to just kind of cut back and you just decide, oh, you know what, today I don't think I need one. Or, you know, when we decrease the restriction, we decrease the binging and the overeating, the emotional eating. Then the other piece of the cravings is we will have cravings based off of our body's physiological needs. So if I'm trying to cut carbs, for example, or cut fat, my body will send out cravings for more energy, like high energy, quick energy foods. So high energy foods are going to be foods higher in fat. Quick energy foods are going to be foods higher in sugar and simple carbs. So it is more natural and more common that if you are postpartum and you are actively trying to restrict and cut back on what you are eating, or if you are in pregnancy and you're worried about gaining weight, it could be that you are contributing to the cravings because of what you think is good or bad, Mm -hmm. right or wrong. I should be eating this. I shouldn't be eating that. Now, if you have gestational diabetes or things like that, I'm not talking about those things where you are trying to adjust your eating for medical reasons. That's a separate issue altogether. But we still want to be working with our psychology as well as with our bodies when it comes to weight loss. If you think you've got an eating disorder, are there any figures that you should look out for? So I I think one of the biggest ones is really looking at our food rules and really looking at what do I think... I can and can't eat in order to lose weight. So if you were to poll most people across the world, there is going to be a list of, well, I can't eat these foods and still lose Mm, weight. So we want to be aware of how many foods are on this list. How extreme is it? How extreme are we getting in terms of, well, I can only eat rice, chicken, and broccoli. We have some very slime or I kind of think very hardcore diet rules in terms of like, can't eat this, can't eat that. And when it starts to interfere with your regular life. So when we're making any kind of desires to get healthy, to get fit, to change our habits. We look at changing our lifestyle, but when now all of a sudden I can't go out to eat because I need to lose weight, or I am afraid of gaining the weight back, or if it's, I can't go on date night, or I don't want to go out with the girls and my girlfriends, because I'm afraid that if I eat off plan, or if I I eat out of habit, now I'm going to gain the weight back, or I'm not going to be able to lose weight. So we want to look at how is this impacting and affecting just your social lifestyle and aspects of friendships and if you're with a partner or a spouse, something like that. So those are some key things to look out for. And again, even just being mindful and aware of anytime we're reaching for food, especially late afternoon, evening, and we're not hungry and we're looking to unwind, relax, stress. Those are some big ones where we can be emotionally eating and we don't necessarily have an eating disorder, but we are emotionally eating because we're looking for food to create a state change in our emotions. And so It's just a very simple habit that our brains learned was that food creates relaxation, food create peace, comfort, calm. It creates this desired state that we want to be in. And this happens often at night. And we just have this thought error that food is what creates it rather than looking at how do I create this internally? Yeah. And bringing that back to the mother who's just had a baby and she's thinking, oh, right, well, I've got to eat this for the baby or the baby needs this or I better not eat that because I'll be putting on weight. She has to think about the baby's point of view and thinking, oh, well, the baby might need a bit of carbohydrate or the baby might need a bit of protein or the baby might need a bit of sugar. I'm just bringing it back more to the baby Mm -hmm. side, the mom who may may want to lose the weight, but yet Mm -hmm. she's also got to consider the baby as well. And what if she's breastfeeding what the baby needs to eat? How would we work on that situation? Yeah. So what I often recommend is that we start with a baseline of at every meal, you're eating carbs, fat, 
protein and a vegetable. And it doesn't mean that you have to have big giant portions of it, but we want to make sure we're getting in some of each of those things. Mm -hmm. So making sure, yeah, baby's getting the macro and micronutrients. We can look at switching up the different types of meat, the different types of protein sources, different types of carbohydrates that you're getting in. So some nights might be pasta, might be rice, might be bread, might be a potato. Let's kind of vary things up throughout the week and make sure that we're getting in what we need. So that's kind of the foundation around what to eat, but what you should be eating is food that you enjoy, food that you like, and recognizing that you might have some food aversions while you're pregnant or even after that you just want to be aware of. Don't force yourself to eat food and really starting to eat when you're hungry and stop at satisfied. We don't have to change what you're eating as much as we want to be looking at why are you reaching for food? Because if I keep reaching for food because it's 10 PM and the baby's fussy and not crying and I just need a break and I just want to relax, but I think the candy bar is what's doing it. Or I think the ice cream is what's going to do it for me. That's where we want to just be on the lookout and starting to identify some of these patterns. So we see it the most come into play is I need a break. I need some time to myself and I can justify that by having a snack or having a meal. So really just tuning into our true hunger. That's how we're going to lose the weight is by eating when we're hungry and stopping at satisfied, not overeating, not eating because it tastes so good, not cleaning our plate because we don't want to waste the food, not eating because it's free and it's in the break room. Once you've gone back to work, if that's what you end up doing, we want to just be really aware of all those excuses and justifications that get us to eat and where it's like socially acceptable or you should eat when it's served or around the holidays here in the U S I know a big common thing is when people offer you food or they tell you, Oh, I made this just for you. And it feels almost like this guilt trip of, well, you you should eat eat this. Mm -hmm. It would be rude not to have some of this. So that's what we want to be aware and mindful of. And then for the, what we're eating that that's not as important in all honesty as why we're eating it, but really just Mm -hmm. making sure that we are getting in everything macro related. So carbs, fat, protein, veggies, and the veggies provide the fiber. So that's going to help with just getting everything in your system working smoothly. And that's really what we, what we want to be going for is like, how do we create this balanced relationship with food where I can have a piece of pizza one night, but I'm also pairing it with a vegetable or a side salad and making sure I've gotten in some good protein that day. And the other piece too, then would be also not just looking day to day or at single meals, but also now looking at a week. So I don't have to worry so much about what I'm eating at dinner. If my lunch was super on par, if I'm having stir fry veggies with chicken and some avocado, and I feel like really good with that. Well, then it's okay. If dinner might be more of a relaxed casual meal, or we go out, or I want a hamburger or French fries or something that maybe is often portrayed as being a less healthy food, you know, really look at, well, what are you getting in the week? What are you getting throughout the whole day? We don't have to get so focused and worried about each individual meal. I am really passionate about first time mums chat and providing a weekly resource that helps parents who are new to the whole world of parenting. And I want to hear from you. I warmly welcome questions and feedback and comments on my podcast episodes. I am always on the lookout to interview mums who are doing amazing things. Is your little one suffering from colic or constipation? I may have just the thing to help you experience less crying, less stress and have a happier, more contented little one and household. Just go to mybabymassage.net forward slash colic to get your free colic remedies cheat sheet. 
Start soothing your baby and get some much needed rest and build a deeper bond with your baby that grows stronger every day. That's mybabymassage.net forward slash colic. So please reach out by sending me an email at support at mybabymassage.net. And it's shifting and it's being able to change and get knowing how to change your mm-hmm. disorder into something positive, right. as you've just said. Would you agree with that? Whether it's because you're pregnant or you're not pregnant, you've changed it into something positive. You're saying, right, okay, I'm not reaching for this food because I'm hungry. I'm reaching for this food because I've got to have something else instead. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we can actually start to solve for if you're eating food because you're stressed or if you're eating food because maybe you're tired or you're bored or you're lonely or you're feeling these other emotions. Now we can start to solve for those emotions mm-hmm. and food doesn't solve emotions. Food only solves hunger. So when yeah, we start to right. recognize and lean into that, now we actually don't have to be so worried and hung up about food and be so dramatic about what we can and can't eat because now we're actually going to solve the right problem, which is that I I'm stressed out by whatever is going on throughout the day or is because I feel overwhelmed by taking care of a newborn and thoughts about maybe going back to work or dealing with in-laws or just new dynamics within the family and within the household. So that's really freeing for us because we can take all of the emphasis off of the food and really start to look at, all right, how do I change this? And now ultimately what we want to look at is how do I create a life that I want, right? It's not just about the body and the weight loss. It's how do I have a life that I enjoy and a life that lights me up? How do I feel good in my body? How do I have more energy? How do I have consistent habits and feel good about maintaining those habits where I don't need to try to con myself, force myself, willpower my way to do these things? Yes. It's giving yourself things that you can do. For me, Mm -hmm. if I'm feeling that I want to eat, I might decide and I've had my coffee Mm -hmm. and I've had my cupcake. I might say, right, well, go out for a bike ride. That way I'd be energizing myself. And and then after the bike ride, I might say to myself, okay, well, I've had my exercise. I might go and have another cupcake or something. But I'd always make sure that I'd energize my body and had some form of exercise or done something before I have it. So it's not like emotional eating. Yeah. And I think that's a great way because we don't necessarily want to just distract ourselves from the emotion, but it is helpful. I notice that if I have an urge to eat something sweet after lunch, for example, and Um, a day maybe feels kind of relaxing or I don't have another meeting to get to, or there's not a lot going on. It's actually better for me to kind of get out of the zone of the food, Mm. right? Like go for a walk. If I go go out to the backyard, if I kind of move, if I go run an errand even, or by kind of changing up that routine and that habit and just kind of making that space, a lot of times then I'll forget about it. I might come back to the house, maybe 30 minutes, 20 minutes later, and there could still be that desire. But a lot of times we've allowed that the initial cortisol in our bodies to wear off. And then we just kind of move on with our day. So we want to kind of take the focus off of the food to where we're not just thinking about it all the time. Yeah, I think that's the key, especially with the mom who's overwhelmed and who's overtired and it's just so stressed because the baby's crying and the baby's doing this and all they want to do. Yeah is to go to the ice cream tub. But in fact, they're not hungry, as you say. They're just tired and overwhelmed. They just need to have a breather. And that's very hard for a mum who is overwhelmed and tired and exhausted. They've got to have something to encourage them not to be so tired. It's a great example, actually. We'll reach for food and we're looking for relief, 
is ultimately what we're looking for. Let me take this break. Let me give myself an excuse to sit down and to not judge myself. A lot of times the criticism comes from ourselves, especially if we've got a little one we're taking care of. Maybe we feel there's dishes in the sink and there's laundry to fold and there's these other things to do around the house. And I really shouldn't be taking a break. I can't take a break, but I can justify that break. Well, if I'm eating, if I'm having a snack, if I'm having lunch. And so really looking at, yeah, what is it that we're really craving beyond just the food? Is it a peaceful night in? Is it having an hour to yourself where maybe there's partner, spouse, family member, babysitter, somebody who can come, even if it's just a small amount of time each day and be there with the baby and you have some time. You can take a shower. You can go for a walk. You want to go get your nails done or you want to get a massage. If you want to go do these other things, looking at how can you still support your own recovery and really recognize that your body is still trying to get back to where it was previously. The labor and delivery, especially if you have natural delivery, it's it can be very hard on your body. And so really having that compassion with yourself too, to know that it's not right or wrong. Your journey is your own mm-hmm. and you've got to learn and identify what feels best for you. So I had my son and November 4th, so he's a little over 13 months old now. And I had a lot of back labor. So he was in the right position, but then when my water broke, he flipped and he was face up. And so then every time I had a contraction, like hours later, he was just going straight into my back hour after hour. And it was the most painful painful thing I have ever experienced. And I had a really great doula and and midwife there who were helping me. And she would literally massage my back between contractions. And then my husband would take over and then they would switch. And they were so good. I would say after delivery, I I had probably a massage every week for at least six weeks just to try to work things back in. I went and saw a chiropractor. I did some physical therapy, really making sure that my hips were aligned and that everything's kind of getting back to normal. And I still noticed some lower back pain, even with moderate weights and walking and exercise, really looking at what can I do to get back into shape. It's a year later and I still trying to figure this out, still working on these pieces and there's no right or wrong. It's just, we've got to look at what we're dealing with right now and make sure that we can ask for what we want and ask for what we need. And that's something that you do to some moms to give them that support for their emotional eating or their emotional well-being or whatever it may be. You've got a lot of experience in that area because you've sort of gone through it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So for years, I was emotionally eating just because of chronic dieting, past diet rules, a lot of thoughts about what I should and shouldn't eat. And ultimately my emotionally eating stemmed from a lot of negative self-talk and criticism. Mm. Well, I should be further along. I should be making more money. I should have a different title. I should be thinner. I should be faster. Mm. I should look a certain way. All of these shoulds and expectations and things that were going unmet, unmet. And even though it wasn't like constant criticism all day long, it was like a soft, subtle voice that just floated underneath the surface and under the radar. And so I didn't pick up on it for a while because I kept trying to solve the food problem or didn't yeah. think there was anything emotionally going on. And I just didn't realize how subconscious all of that shame and judgment and criticism was. And so when I could actually start to dig into and peel that away, that's when all of this started to come into place. And I could really start to see how just changing my circumstance never changed the emotional eating. I kept thinking, well, it's my job. I just need a new job. So I'd get a new job and then I would still be emotionally eating. So then I'd be like, well, now I just need to be in my business full-time. Once I just am starting my business, then that that'll be it. Get into the business full-time, still emotionally eating. And I realized it's because there's still this negative talk that I never learned how to change. And that's ultimately what can be holding us back. 
It might be that your kids have a meltdown, a supermarket. It could be that you have an argument with your spouse or you get a mean email from a client or a boss or somebody. It could just be your own self-talk and how you are criticizing or judging or comparing yourself. And so really starting to identify where is this coming from and how do we start to change this? So getting to the root of why we're emotionally eating and starting to shift this path and seeing this as not just an issue or a problem with yourself, but how do you see this now as a gift? Because you can start to see these other areas of your life that you can work on. Because when I work on my self-talk and how I think about myself, I show up as a different person. I have a better marriage. I am a better mom. I have these other things where it has that ripple effect. Um, But yeah, that's exactly what I do with clients is really help them identify what's holding them back with food, with weight, with body image. A lot of times we have a lot of drama about the scale and about the number and what we're letting that number mean about ourselves. So really starting to let go of some of those rules or ideas that just hold us back and don't actually help us create what we want in life. And it's a stigma that people have these days that you've got to be slim or you've got Mm, to be fat. And if you're fat, people say, oh, you're fat. And you may be fat because of medical reasons or it's just who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to accept yourself for who you are, whether you've had a baby or you haven't had a baby or you're a plump mum. Well, so be it. It's who you are. And I think that's so important to also accept Mm -hmm. who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. We've talked about so many different topics here on emotional eating. I could sit here and talk to you all day about it. But before I close, have you got any final tips that you'd like to add? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say two of the most underrated fat burning things are going to be drinking water. So here in the US, I recommend you drink half your body weight in ounces of water every single day. So we want to look at are you drinking at least one liter of water every day as your minimum baseline? From there, we're going to go up to, okay, can I drink a liter and a half? Can I get up to two liters? And you want to work in increments, right? So it's not going to be all at once. You're not going to go from drinking a hundred milliliters to a liter. How do we start to slowly increase what we're drinking to get to this baseline of one liter every day? And then from there we can increase. But when our bodies are hydrated, our systems are going to be running and functioning more efficiently. We have more energy. We have less cravings. We have less food urges. And then when our bodies can function properly, now it can devote resources and time and energy to the weight loss process. But when it's just trying to keep you alive because it's dehydrated, it's not going to be able to focus on that. So water is often one of those things that we shirk off as being like, yeah, yeah, I know, but it's not glamorous and sexy and tell me Mm. something I don't know. And we really want to focus on water and then sleep. And sleep, I know, is going to be one of those things that is going to be hard to dictate because of the baby. And so it's really looking at how can you get as best of quality sleep as possible? Can you take naps? Can you get some help with sleep training your baby if you need help with the baby sleep? Once we get the baby to sleep, then we can work on and often get our sleep in line. So really just recognizing that if you're in those first couple of months, sleep might be kind of elusive. It might be kind of sporadic and that's okay. Don't stress about it. Just look at what you can control. I may not be able to control everything, but I can control certain aspects and I can try to foster good sleeping conditions for my son. I can make sure that when he 
goes to bed at eight, that I'm not staying up until midnight, that I am going to bed at like nine or 10 p.m. And then I, okay, I can focus on my hunger and only eat when I'm hungry. I can focus on drinking more water. I can focus on really digging into what are all those food rules that I keep thinking I need in order to lose these weight? How do I have a better self-concept and a better body image? You know, there are going to be things that we can control throughout this process and throughout this journey. But that, that's the other thing too, is that smaller size, a, a lower weight does not fix a broken and self-concept. So we have to start to change the way that we think about ourselves now in the body that you have today and continue to change it as we lose the weight. So that's the biggest thing is that we've got to bring the mindset work into weight loss if we want to make it lasting and sustainable. Having a quiet time and just meditating when your baby's asleep and just Mm -hmm. thinking about where you're at and putting yourself into place. I think mm-hmm. it's important. And you are mentioning self-care, giving yourself some self-care mm-hmm. to think, right, well, why am I feeling this way? What's going on inside of me? I would probably help. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So how can my audience find out about you? Yeah. So, so you can find me online at bodyyoucrave.com. So that's the website. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. So my name, just Jillian Lama. You can also search body you crave and there's a facebook page and a facebook community like an online community as well as a podcast called body you crave so that's an easy word or phrase to start and you'll get the website and everything all the links there thank you i've actually listened to your podcast it's very informative so thank you so much for this chat i've really enjoyed talking to you and i've actually learned a lot from you too so thank you for being a part of first time mom's chat i've really enjoyed having you on the show Yes, thank you, Helen. This was wonderful. Gideon shared some great tips to help you examine your mindset around food and to ensure you get the nutrition you need and eat when you are truly hungry. This will start you on the path of overcoming emotional eating and releasing any excess weight in a way that feels good and natural to your body. I highly recommend checking out Gillian's Body You Crave website and be sure to check out the free five keys to end emotional eating workshop. You'll find links to these and Gillian's Instagram page and free Facebook group in the show notes which can be accessed at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash zero six one. Please help me spread the word to other mums by rating and reviewing my podcast on Apple Podcasts. This helps me support mums, yes, just like you, for a smooth journey into the exciting world of parenthood.